0: Episode 12 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Uh, this week, we have Josh Stanton from ScrewThe9to5.com. I, yeah, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Looking forward
1: to this. Yeah, why? Just because just I like you and I like talking to you. You're a pretty cool guy,
0: you know? Well, you know, you're, you as well. Um, so, I mean, one of the reasons why I, I do this podcast is it gives me an excuse to sit down with all the interesting people I meet while traveling. Uh, so, I met Josh and his wife, Jill, out here in Chiang Mai a while back. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And uh, these guys make pretty good money online and they have a great life. And uh, so I wanted to pick your brain about first how to make money, uh, how other people can, can start online businesses doing kind of the same type of techniques. But also I wanted to ask a lot about, you know, what it's like to travel with your wife and be in business with your wife, uh, because I'm sure a lot of people listen to this, you know, are in kind of a similar situation where they're at home, they have a family and they're wondering, is this possible? Uh, so what, what are some, I mean, how did that even come about?
1: Working together? Yeah. Uh, So we first started working together at the beginning of last year. Jill, before that, she had a business where she was a social media manager for restaurants and bars in Toronto. And I was doing what I'm doing now. And she really liked doing, well, she really liked what I did. So she decided that, she decided, no, we decided together (laughs) that we were just going to team up and, and, and work on the same business as opposed to working on two separate ones.
0: Yeah, and that's fantastic because uh, you guys have these great videos um, where you guys are together on camera as a couple and you guys have, both have your strengths. Uh, I mean, what, what exactly is Screw the 9 to 5?
1: Well, we set up Screw the 9 to 5. Initially, the idea came up because we wanted to have a website that would enable us to connect with other marketers because... You know, it's a very lonely industry to be in working online. You know, it's hard to connect with people. So, we set up this website as a way of connecting with other people doing what we're doing and basically being able to talk to people like you, Johnny. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you wouldn't talk to us unless we had a website. So,
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's my rule. I mean, even when I date girls, I'm like, hey, do you have a website? No. Nope. Oh, sorry. It's <laughs> a good rule. We can't have a coffee. <laughs> All right, so um, so that, that's the the site where people can check out, you know, about your you know about internet marketing. But the actual way that you make money uh, is, is through what?
1: Yeah, so we're one of those uh, rare people that don't make money through our blog. Um, we make money through, like as you do, through uh, business, businesses outside of that. So affiliate marketing is a very simple definition. is Let's say you have a website. If people come to your website and click on what's called your affiliate link. And once they click that link, they go through to a merchant's website and they purchase a product. That commission is tracked and you take money from that. And the commissions range from anywhere from 5% to 75%, depending on what industry you're in.
0: Yeah, affiliate marketing is a great way to get started, because it doesn't really require any upfront costs from you. You just sign up as an affiliate. And as long as you have uh, readers of your blog, or your website, or just customers that you know trust you and and, and, and you have traffic, I mean, you can basically make money uh, through affiliate marketing. Uh, the, the, what do you think the big, biggest pros and cons are for affiliate marketing?
1: Uh, the biggest pro is that you're not dealing with customers. So you're not handling fulfillment. You're just basically sending people to websites and then taking commissions for that. So it's kind of nice when people, sometimes people email you and ask you questions about the product and you can literally just send them an email with a link to your merchant's website and say you can contact them there. So it's kind of nice. You don't have to deal with customers in that sense. It's very easy. You can just bank money. The con would be that you don't have any control over the fulfillment and marketing process so let's say you're promoting one product or one offer and you're making money from that offer the merchant decides to shut that offer down you go from making you know whatever you're making to making nothing overnight as opposed to if you're handling inventory yourself with an e-commerce store you could control uh, everything there is that goes into selling that product
0: so, an example for everyone listening, if you guys aren't really that sure what affiliate marketing is still, the easiest example is uh, so let's say I asked Josh, um, what are some books that you've read that, that you really enjoy that you recommend? Uh, some books. Yeah.
1: Um, any Seth Godin book is sure to be good.
0: Okay. Uh, or, like, personally, I like Four Hour Work Week. Okay. Everyone's read that, right? I haven't. No. You haven't? No, I'll I have. have. Yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are some, some of Seth Godin's books? Uh, so,
1: the. Lynchpin is a really good book. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of books.
0: Okay. So, uh, I mean, so an example of how I would make money through affiliate marketing uh, recommending these books is if you guys go to Travel Like a Boss podcast episode 12 with Josh's episode and there'll be a link there uh, to Seth Golden's books on Amazon. And if you end up buying that book through Amazon, I would get a commission for that. And it's not going to be a ton of money. It's only going to be maybe 5% of a $13 book. So it's not a lot of money, but you know, that's going to be on the site for years. You know, people will come back, listen to this episode. uh, It'd be the same price to the consumer to you as if you went to Amazon directly to buy it. So there's really no downside to the customer. There's only upside because you know, I'm, you're getting a book recommendation that you know, it's going to be a good book and you know, there's a link to go buy it. And, and that's really it. I mean, that's kind of the simplest form of affiliate marketing.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a pro for the consumer. Like, there's, They don't lose anything. You're not making extra money on top of, of what they're paying for the, the initial sale, the initial product. So it's just a, a way of being a middleman online pretty much.
0: Yeah. So when you're saying um, the affiliate percentage can range from 5% up to 75%, can you give us some examples of how to you know, basically raise that percentage instead of because Amazon will give you less than 10% always. uh, What are some ways you can get 50% more?
1: So the difficult part is finding those offers, finding those products. If you're selling, if you're promoting digital products, say on clickbank.com, they have a lot of digital products there. Most of those are commissions of anywhere from 50 to 75%. I've even seen some at 90%. Because the cost of those products, developing those products and manufacturing them is nothing. So they can afford to give their affiliates a lot of money. But if you're selling hard goods, say on Amazon, um, you're going through, firstly, you're going through Amazon. So they're going to take a cut. And then secondly, you're getting hard products manufactured in China or wherever. So the cost of the manufacturing, the shipping takes a big chunk out. Therefore, the merchants can only afford to offer you small amounts. There are a lot of other... Uh, offers that are coming out now that have high, uh, high percentages, commissions, um, those tend to normally be supplement-type products just because the cost of developing those is very cheap.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess so. with all pharmaceuticals, uh, let's say drugs, for example, they always say that the first pill might cost them $2 million to make, but each pill after that only costs them $0.02. Cents. Uh, so supplements are, are very similar where you know a bottle of, of supplements – you know might only cost a couple dollars to manufacture but they can sell it for 60 dollars a bottle and they're quite light to ship so they can afford to give you a huge cut on it because they're you know because the margin's so good versus if you're selling furniture for example or even a book um, the book might cost seven dollars to print and if they're selling it for 11.99 you know and they have to ship it it's really hard for them to give you a big uh, percentage of it yeah
1: for sure absolutely uh also skincare is a pretty good one too anything that's kind of easy lightweight and easy to make it is easy to produce is tends to offer pretty good commissions the other thing to think about too is a lot of these merchants a lot of these guys who are selling these products these supplements and things their only form of marketing that they that they try and use is through affiliates so they just they want to get affiliates promoting their products for them
0: that's actually a good question that um, that a lot of customers might I mean people listening might be interested in is why would somebody pay you 50% to promote the product?
1: Well, you've got to think the most difficult part of selling any product is getting traffic to that, to your site. So if you're, let's say you have all these minions, basically all these affiliates that are doing all that for you, you don't have to worry about that. You can just pay them pretty good money and not have to spend any money yourself on promotion because they're doing all that for you.
0: Yeah, and I definitely agree that, you know, even though as a, like, let's say a producer of a product, the idea of paying someone 50% of it, it sounds like a lot. But at the end of the day, that's money that I wouldn't have made anyways. Uh, so I might as well, you know, have somebody, it's basically hiring a full-time sales team. Uh, you know, and if they do a good job, I'm going to make more money and they're going to make more money. And as long as the product is good, the customer happy as well and it's going to spread. So I would say the biggest downsides to, to affiliate marketing is, is if somebody's promoting a product that they don't believe in, um, and that might make make some sales in the short run, but eventually i mean re- very quickly people will realize, hey, this isn't you know you'll have a high chargeback rate through Clickbank or you'll have lots of re- you know returns um, so I definitely recommend everyone that's even thinking about affiliate marketing to only recommend things that they actually believe in uh, in themselves
1: yeah, I agree like the in terms of longevity, affiliate marketing isn't the best business model, but there there is a way of Doing it so that you can just promote products that people actually want to pay money for and they'll keep coming back for for more. They'll keep reading your website and coming back. So I do two different types of affiliate marketing. So I set up authority sites, which are sites that have a couple hundred posts on them. And I don't just promote every product. I only promote the best product in each category. And then I have small niche sites where I'm just setting up four-page sites for the purpose of ranking and then funneling traffic through to the merchant's website
0: can you explain that a little bit more in layman's terms for people
1: (laughs) (laughs) in layman's terms yeah so an authority site is i think i just said is just a bigger site that the goal of that website is to create its own traffic so to get people coming back for more get get them on your email list and you know you don't have to worry too much about you know trying to rank on page one of google for everything because you're creating a site that has good content and that you're able to create your own traffic from it.
0: Okay, so, so an example of that would be something like, let's say you're recommending whey protein powder. You would, ha- you would write a bunch of articles that explain the pros and cons of whey protein versus soy protein versus you know another type of protein, um, like, let's say, rice protein. Uh, maybe talk about the different brands, talk about the, the benefits of it. Uh, another article could be, should you take it in the morning, should you take it at night? So basically just real content that's actually useful that people will you know, enjoy, want to come back, maybe even share it with their friends.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're not specifically just trying to target keywords. I think that's the main difference there. You're actually creating content because you want to create content based off interesting topics. So the other form of marketing I do is is niche marketing. So small sites, right? Very small sites and the whole purpose of those is to rank on page one of Google for specific keywords that I write posts around and that way I know I can get traffic and I know I can funnel that traffic through my affiliate links. Um, and then make money from them. So for that, I specifically target long-tail keywords. Long-tail keywords, uh, just an example of that would be, let's use whey protein again. Uh, Whey protein wouldn't be the long-tail keyword, but a long-tail keyword off that would be, what is the best whey protein powder, or something
0: like that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So you you would rank for this super long keyword that maybe only 50 people a month type in, uh, but because nobody else is trying to target the super long keyword, relatively be easy to to get to you know top of the top of google absolutely so when they go into your site what then
1: so on the on the niche sites when they go into um, that website it's pretty simple really it's just a a, a four to six hundred word post about the keyword about the topic in the keyword the long tail keyword and then there'll be a sidebar banner which will be an affiliate link and then there'll be a, a couple of affiliate links scattered throughout the content of the post. On the authority sites, the bigger sites, it's, it's more different than that. So I'll have like a bit of a funnel system set up, a bit of a sales funnel. So with the authority sites, it's a little bit different. I set up a bit of a sales funnel with this. So let's say someone comes into, I have a skincare authority site, a big skincare site. Let's say they come in uh, through Google, they have search for the keyword term how to get rid of cystic acne for example i know my shit by the way (laughs) nice um and they come into a page that explains how to get rid of cystic acne and then at the bottom of of that page i'll have a link that will go through to a review of the best product that the best acne product that we believe that they should purchase they'll go through to that review which is again on our site they'll read that review and then there'll be affiliate links on that page that hopefully they'll click and bam and bam done it's done
0: i like that all right so um if somebody wanted to get started in affiliate marketing, all right. so let's say you woke up tomorrow, you had no websites, you had no money, and you wanted to make money online. What, how what would you do to get started?
1: I, w- I would probably get started with the niche marketing model just because it's a lot easier to rank for. If you can do keyword research properly, if you spend time focusing on that initially, you could find some really good keywords that are easy to rank for. Get on page one of Google and you'll start getting traffic right away. A lot of people make the error of thinking that they can just set up a website in whatever industry they wanna be in and overnight become the the top dog in that niche. This doesn't work like that because some of those sites have been doing that for years so they're already established. So I would initially start by doing those niche sites that I said before, you know, small four page sites where you're targeting really easy, really low competition keywords that you can rank for very quickly on page one of Google and start driving traffic immediately. You should start seeing some money. Those sites can make anywhere from 500 bucks to $2,000 depending on the, the niche that you're in.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, and I think when people start seeing sales and even even their first sale, even if it's a very small amount of money, they realize that it's it works. And from there, it's really easy to, to want to dedicate your time to build up let's say, an authority site where it might take you know months to build up. Um, like, for example, I mean, the easiest way to get started, let's say you've never made any money online and you just want a taste for blood. You just want to be like, okay, does this work or not? What I would do uh, is I would... I would find a product that you've you've bought recently that you recommend that you feel comfortable recommending to your friends and your family, uh, and set up for an Amazon affiliate link for it, and then just blast that on your on your Facebook wall or email to your friends saying, "Hey, I've read this book recently that I really enjoyed, The Four Hour week by Tim Ferriss. Uh, I think you would like this as well." Post that up and see if anyone anyone buys it. If you know. If you write it like a a personal recommendation, you may you maybe even write a little bit of a review on what it did for you, uh, and people buy the you know and people trust you because they're your friend, your family, Uh, they'll buy the book. It's it's not like Amazon's gonna charge them an extra thirty percent to give you commission. It's gonna cost them the same amount of money as if they went Amazon directly, and that way you'll see some money in your bank, and you'll be like, oh wow, this actually works. And I really believe that gives people motivation to. To really just get started in all this, um, and I, because I think a, the biggest problem that most people have with internet marketing and internet businesses is they just never really get started to to make money. I mean, you, 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 you um, obviously you've met a lot of people that want to get into marketing. What do you think the biggest thing that stops people are?
1: Yeah, so people don't make any money within this is this is normally what happens people don't make any money within a month a month is like not not much time at all but they don't make any money within a month because the thing is people are used to being on a on a job or being in a job right so when you first start you get your paycheck after a week with this we didn't see our first paycheck until three months in and you got to get used to that we didn't see our first sale until two months in and even the first paycheck we got wasn't enough to live off. So it, it's sort of, I think what you need to do is you need to just make your first dollar. That That's what someone told me a long time ago when I first started. So just make your first dollar and then you know you can do it. And I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, I highly agree with that. Do, do you, how do you think it is like living out here in Chiang Mai... You know, being in the co-working office space, being surrounded by people who are actually making money online, how, how has that affected your business and your mentality?
1: Dramatically. Before we came out here, we were in Toronto and we weren't around anybody. Actually, I didn't even think there were this many people doing doing uh, having an online business. And when we were in Toronto, we were just hanging out with other nine-to-fivers and we weren't getting anything out of them because I like to talk about online business. I like to talk about online marketing, but none of my friends did. They just wanted to talk about getting drunk and things like that. Which is fine. Like that's it's okay. That's their lives. That's what they chose. But since I came out here, I've realized that there are so many people just like me that are wanting to talk about what what it is that we're doing and how to expand upon some of the ideas that we have right now. And it's I think one of the things that I'd probably tell your followers is make a thousand bucks a month, get to the point where you're making a thousand bucks a month and then get the hell out of where, wherever you are, get the hell out and come over here and just start, just start talking to people because that's going to be the quickest way to reach the kind of success that you want.
0: Yeah, I I would highly recommend that as well because a thousand dollars you can live pretty decently out here, in, in, especially in Chiang Mai. Other parts of Thailand are more expensive, like Bangkok, but Chiang Mai is better anyways. Uh, and for thousand dollars a month, you can get a pretty decent room in a good neighborhood. You can eat out twenty one meals a week. You can get you can afford to even get a couple of massages a week. Uh, I mean, you're not gonna be able to have you know New Zealand lamb every every night, but. <laughs> I mean, thousand bucks you can live absolutely fine. I was I was surviving off of six hundred bucks a month when I was bootstrapping my business, so it's definitely possible. You can
1: do it. Yeah, I met someone the other day who's living off five hundred. So. You can do it. I, I mean, I don't want to do that myself, but uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually, you're going to get to a point where you can start spending a bit more money. And what's really cool about here as well is that you can live like a baller for a thousand bucks a month, mm. I reckon, if you want to. Um, if you don't, if you want to focus on your business, you can live in a really nice room and be super comfortable. Whereas when we were back in Toronto, we were living in a, can I swear? Yeah. In okay. a shithole <laughs> in the middle of winter. And, we moved out to Thailand in the middle of winter, so in January. And we moved to Koh Tao, which is a small island down in, in the south. And we got a place out there for the same amount that we were paying rent for back in our shithole in Toronto. So, yeah,
0: and I mean, how far were we from the beach in Koh Tao?
1: We were just five minutes.
0: Yeah, it's it's a nice beach too. It's like a white sand. I mean, it's idyllic beach. Koh Tao is a really cool place. Great it's, scuba diving. It's
1: paradise. It's like a paradise island. We went from living in like, ghetto toronto area in the (laughs) snow and ice to like living in paradise in thailand for the same amount
0: yeah a lot of people don't realize that I mean winter in North America like let's say what November January February March I mean it's kind of it's kind of miserable I think people are very depressed they're unhappy they don't want to go out they drink a lot they just kind of waste their money on stuff they Uh, get fat I don't know how you guys
1: lived like that the whole time I grew up on the Gold Coast in Australia where it's sunny most of the time and when I went to Toronto for two years I didn't realize how much I missed the sun until I went there.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I do like the snow, especially for two weeks at a time. Yeah. You know, going, going, you know I want to learn how to snowboard. So that's going to be a, a big plan of mine. You don't know how to snow? Not yet. I will. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in California. We didn't really have snow. Um, I mean, I guess I could have went to the mountains, but I mean, at the same time, I didn't have time or money for that. That was the, the two biggest problems all the time is, you know, you work all week and yeah, you, you can make it a priority to plan out a weekend ski trip Um, but for me, I think what I'm going to do is when I want to learn how to snowboard, I'm just going to stay there there for a whole season. I mean, and I've actually been asking people where the best places, you know, some people have suggested, um, like summer in Europe. Or other people even said, you know, hey, just, why don't you just go to uh, Montana or something and just basically rent an apartment for the entire season and just get a season pass and just go every day and event, and you, you're going to get good at it.
1: Japan. Japan would be cool. Japan, go to this place called Niseko. It's amazing there. And you can rent there for fairly cheap as well. See, that's that's the cool thing. I mean, like, again, another benefit of living this lifestyle is if you want to go and do a season, you can go do a season at some ski resort and... You know, you can work maybe three or four hours a day and the rest of the time just go and snowboard. Like, that's crazy. You wouldn't get that in any other lifestyle.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to save up enough money or get enough truly passive income to be able to just do that and not open your laptop for three months straight, it's really hard to do. I mean, to be honest, uh, but it's relatively easy to do to be able to have a location independent business where, you know, you still have to work, you know, let's say four days a week, a few hours a day, but you can do it from your laptop anywhere. Um, And to me, I actually enjoy working now. So I don't mind that at all. I mean, what do you feel about that? Enjoy.
1: Yeah. So I used to think for a long time that I needed to, in order to make a lot of money, I needed to put a lot of hours in. But I've realized that actually that's kind of the opposite. So what you need to do is you need to just think in terms of, don't think in terms of time that goes in that you should spend in your business. Think in terms of what your business really needs at any stage. So I used to write down big to-do list and what I found kept happening was I would do all the easy things first and then I would leave out the hard stuff the stuff that really needed to get done and I would just keep adding onto all the easy stuff onto my list so I would do all the easy things and check them off cross them off but all the hard stuff would remain so what I've done is I've changed my strategy and just thought you know what today I'm just going to spend three hours and do this really hard task and then I'm done Screw all the easy stuff. I'll figure out a way of getting someone else to do that.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, so in a second, I want to ask you about how you how you outsource a lot of this stuff. But I definitely agree. Do the hard things first, and also do the things that make you money first. Yeah, you know, and like ever since I started just saying, you know what, let me let me just start working hard for a little while. I mean, it's almost like exercise where you know you can go for. You know a 45 minute bike ride on an on elliptical you know on a bike machine or do the elliptical at like the easiest setting for an hour and you're not really gonna get much out of it but if you just spend five minutes doing sprints i mean you're gonna you're gonna get in such better shape because you're doing what actually works um, what actually takes some effort and for the rest of the day I mean, you could just kind of chill out right?
1: yeah i agree i think that's probably the hardest thing for people in a nine to five to understand though because they're it's basically their time is earning them their money. So if they're putting in eight hours a day, then they're getting eight hours worth of income. Whereas for us, it doesn't work like that. You know, you, you can't just put in eight hours and expect to earn a lot of money. You need to think, okay, what needs to get done in order to be, for me to make money in this? And that may only take you an hour.
0: I mean, Before I used to think my ideal job would be something that pays... A lot of money per hour, right? So uh, one of the exciting things about you know going to Australia for a lot of a lot of people is what your minimum wages like. What is it now? Do you know? I think it's like
1: isn't it like eighty thousand the the minimum wage? Yeah, uh, I think the minimum wage is like twelve dollars an hour or something like that. i think it's
0: more i think it's like 18 an hour in australia i haven't
1: been there for a while
0: yeah and i'm sure you wouldn't want to work for minimum wage
1: oh, Well, i know bartenders get like 25 dollars an hour
0: yeah and you could pick fruit and get paid a thousand dollars a week cash yeah so a lot of people are doing that um i mean i think it actually be really fun to do for a few weeks but no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the, the fruit picking part but i heard what's fun about it is uh just living with a bunch of other, you know, travelers, and you know, you kind of, you kind of all live in a, in a one big ghetto together, like a big room together, and you guys cook potatoes together. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely not for everyone, but I can I can imagine it doing that for a few weeks. But it sounds like Ireland when they had the potato famine. That, that's what they do. It's it's mainly it's a lot of Irish guys actually, in Australia that <laughs> who do it. Um, but I wouldn't want to do that for months on end and have that be my only source of income. No way. And so. You know, the other day I was actually calculating what do I think my time is worth now? And I enjoy working really hard when I need to, uh, but I also enjoy not working, you know, just, just to work. So uh, for example, um, a, a buddy of mine who I met out here, he wanted me to be one of his coaches on, on this new membership course he's doing, and he was going to pay me hourly. And he was you know basically asking me, you know, what do you want to be paid? And in my mind... I didn't want to sound like a dick, but I was like, you know, it's, it's going to have to be at least $100 an hour or more for it to be worth my time. I mean, and that's just, that's just you know, the way it is now. It's not because, you know, it's not like I expect to work eight hours a day, you know, five days a week and get paid $100 an hour. It's more, you know what, let me just do what is necessary. I'll do it, you know, in two or three hours and you'll, you'll get your benefit from it because it'll work uh, and it'll be worth my time. Um, so for you, I mean, what is your typical schedule like I know you I know you spend more time um, when you're launching like launching a new, new product but well, like, what is your schedule really like um,
1: I, I like to keep a, a bit of a morning ritual going on so I wake up in the morning and I'll get up at around about you know seven to eight wherever and I'll just scull a glass like two glasses of water just to wake myself up and then go do a gym workout and we like have juice in the morning not steroids like <laughs> Like actual juice. Yeah.
0: Well, we have to clarify for uh, Australian, non-Australians out there. Skull means what? Skull? Yeah.
1: Skull, down, down and drink. Like,
0: so he, he just meant I drink two glasses of water in the morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I drink I drink two glasses of water in the morning. Uh-huh. That was my American accent. Yeah, early. thank you. Um, and then I'll get to the office, you know, anywhere from like nine to ten o'clock. And then, you know, just work a couple of hours, go get lunch come back, work a couple of hours ago go home. So I think right now I'm probably working maybe four to six hours a day just because that's what I want to do. But I'm just trying to base it off that. I'm trying to base it off what I want to do as opposed to what I think I need to do. I, I think that's more important that way.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Because like for me, I actually enjoy working now. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Like For example, uh, so this weekend, I just got back from a two-day trek and I wouldn't have been, I guess... I guess I could do that in the US if I if I really planned for it. But first, it was super easy to organize here. I just showed up the day before and I I booked I said, "Hey, what do you what do you guys have going on this weekend? I want to do some kind of excursion." And for I think it was 1,800 baht, which is less than, I don't know, It's like I,
1: 60 bucks.
0: Yes, yeah, maybe 70 bucks at most. Uh it included transportation out into the jungle, which was like an hour and a half away. Um all the meals included. They they and they cooked really good food too. They cooked like they were cooking on these wooden stoves that they were. This guy he, we, we had this um, this guide who grew up in this little village and he was fearless, like completely fe- fearless. You know, he would just disappear, come back with firewood, start making this fire, start chopping up vegetables. He would pick uh, fruits and vegetables, you know, from the jungle while we we're trekking. Really, yeah. And it was he had this huge machete with him. And, you know, we walked through, you know, the most idyllic places. And we didn't see a single tourist for two days, which is, you know, incredible. It was beautiful. You know, the weather was perfect. And we had this big group. We had a group of about eight people from all the world. We had two people from Belgium, two people from Switzerland, Australian. Uh, just, and it was just kind of a fun time. And we ended up spending the night at this uh, this jungle lodge. It was basically this bam- these bamboo huts. Um, it was three bamboo huts kind of centered around this fireplace or this, um, you know, this campfire and it, it was right next to a waterfall. So after a whole day of hiking, we're sweaty and hot, you know, we get to the lodge, put our things down, jump into this beautiful waterfall. It was, you know, it was like a legit waterfall because it has been raining recently. So, you know, just gushing water, you know, this huge like kind of lagoons, you know, swimming around. And this whole weekend was 70 bucks. Yeah. You know? And the best news is because it's American, um, Thanksgiving weekend is was uh, black Friday sales. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't, do you guys have that show yet?
1: We don't yet. No, it right. hasn't really got there.
0: Uh, but what was great is because of that, we got a big surge in traffic. We did a, uh, a black Friday, uh, promotion, you know, like a sale, uh, for one of my e-commerce stores, a couple of my e-commerce stores. I came back with six sales. And so this morning that's, they, yeah, bam, that's what I've been doing. It's you know, a couple thousand dollars right there. Um, and I enjoy processing those orders. I mean, I could outsource those. Um, I could get some guy in India, you know, pay him a couple of bucks an hour to forward those emails to my, my dealers. But I love looking at them. like, oh, somebody from Michigan bought this. Somebody from New York bought this. You know, <laughs> why not, right?
1: <laughs> That's so you though. You like find, find those things so interesting. Yeah. Whereas me, on the other hand, I'd be like, just get some Filipino to do that stuff for me, I
0: think. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, what do you outsource?
1: So I've got... Three people working for me in the in our affiliate marketing business. I should probably say like we've got two businesses basically. So Screw the 9 to 5 is now a business as well that makes money. And then outside of that, we do our affiliate sites. For the affiliate business, we have um, Sabrina. She does like all our content management and, and things like that. She also does keyword research now, which is excellent. And then I've got uh, one Filipino VA. He does all the SEO for me. And then another writer who writes content for our SEO sites. So that's that's everything there, and all up, the total cost for the three of those is less than two thousand dollars a month.
0: And what's cool is you hire Sabrina, who's who's Canadian. Uh, she was actually episode four, I believe, of this uh, of the podcast. So if you want to kind of hear. Uh, her side of it, from you know, working as an assistant, you know, working as a you know a person who is basically, I mean, she, I guess she's a, your employee, but also a friend.
1: Yeah, she. I mean, she's super important in our business as well. She's taken more, on more of a managerial role. I think it's very important to try and find someone like that, or else it's very difficult to grow because you can't hand off a lot of the managerial stuff to a VA in the Philippines. They they usually can't take on that kind of work. So if you can have someone who grew up in the in the western hemisphere then they're more likely to want to take on those roles and be and you know have take a little bit more initiative as well i think that's super important in a a manager
0: so does the western hemisphere include australians i don't know Does it? i (laughs) I don't think it does but (laughs) yeah
1: but australians too expensive anyway so (laughs) yeah that's true
0: (laughs) <laughs> and uh you probably don't want a guy from the bush right no nah, they're all right they're okay yeah they're all yeah. right they get the job done nice uh, so yeah w- one thing that i think is cool is you have you know native english speakers write your articles uh why did you choose that versus paying someone less money uh, you know from india or the philippines to write your articles <sighs>
1: so we have someone from the Philippines who writes articles for our websites that we use to link to our sites like I could go on all day about linking and SEO and stuff but I won't so so they do the really basic stuff it doesn't require a high level of English and, and it's very cheap very affordable to do it that way but getting things written for our money websites for so the sites that actually we want to get people to to read and actually hopefully click our links on we want to pay you know, top quality for that kind of stuff. So for getting the articles written for your money site, you want to pay a little bit more for those because there's going to be people coming to those sites and actually reading them. If the English is very poor on those articles, then they're probably going to bounce straight away and they're not going to click on your affiliate links. That's why we pay someone with English as their first language to write that content for us.
0: So even though... You know, these articles, you know, this affiliate stuff, it sounds complicated, but if you break it down to the most basic, it would be, let's say somebody had a blog, you know, that was interesting to read, that was relevant to what you actually was searching for, and then they happen to have, you know, they recommended a product at the end of it. There's a good chance, you know, that if you agreed with it and that's what you're looking for, you would buy it. You know, and and that's basically what you're doing on on a big scale, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing on a big scale, and and that's sort of the difficult part is is learning how to scale that system because. Uh, What generally happens is if you're setting up big authority sites, you can put all your time and focus into that and and hopefully it will grow. But then Google might come out with an update and then you'll lose a lot of your rankings, a lot of your search traffic. So I'm sort of going with a second approach here with the small sites and trying to set up one site per week and get it all done within one week. So get all the content written, the website set up, the SEO done on it, and then boom, move on to the second one and go from there. It's it's the That's sort of the challenging part is learning how to scale that and making sure that you're not working in that business. You're getting other people to do that for you.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely a great way to use outsourcing, use the VAs.
1: Yeah, it's, it's easy doing it that way. But if you're acquiring more creative work, then you need to pay a bit more money for that because you need people who are actually thinking and wanting to grow your business for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, an example of a accidental authority site that I created uh oh. is myfightcamp.com. It this you know originated almost what was it 4 years ago where I started blogging about my uh, my Muay Thai adventures, kind of just different gyms that I went to throughout Thailand, and I never monetized it for, for the first 3 years. It was just kind of my personal blog. I enjoyed writing, you know, about it. I enjoyed, you know, uh, reviewing gyms, and it was kind of something I linked to my, you know, my friends back home would read, and it became an authority site by accident because first it had tons of long tail keywords about, um, you know, what is the best Muay Thai gym on Koh Lanta, which is a small island in, in Thailand, and because nobody else was writing about it, anytime you click that, you know, you type that in, you'd go to my blog, and eventually what I did was I started having some some affiliate links like. For example, whey protein, you know, uh, one of the articles was, uh, what, what's the best supplements to, to bring with you, f- um, for more Thai training. And a lot of people back in the U S or back at home would, you know, want to know what to pack. And one of the things I recommend was bring your own protein because it's really expensive here in Thailand and the quality is not very good. So I used an affiliate link on Amazon to my favorite brand, which is optimum, optimum nutrition. And that's what I would recommend to my friends anyway, but because people would buy it through my link, I would get some money for it. And that's, you know, an accidental um, authority blog. Um, I don't recommend that for people as a primary way to make money because, you know, it took me almost four years to create it, you know, create a couple hundred uh, blog posts. You know, I actually lived through that. And the money I make through it isn't, you know, even though it's passive, it's not a lot of money. Um, So the way that you're doing it is a lot smarter where everything's directly translating, you know, into actual, you know, into sustainable profit because you're actually making pretty good money from it.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's from the beginning, it was always like that we started this because we wanted to build a business out of it as opposed to starting a blog. I mean, I could go and I love playing rugby. I could go and start a blog in that has to do with rugby, but there's probably not a lot of search traffic for that or there's not a lot of long tail keywords and it'd be very difficult to sell products in that. I probably could do it in the long run, but I know it's gonna take ages, but I don't want that. I'm more of a direct response kind of person. So I wanna see results within sort of a month or two. And, and that's why we, we started doing what we're doing now, setting up these small sites. They're very easy to do. It doesn't require, you know, really any time for me. I can get someone to do every single task along the way. And I know that they're going to result in income. Some of them don't. The, the odd one doesn't, but the majority will make at least $1. Nah, they'll make a lot from that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, what I, I mean, one of the reasons why we really respect you and why want you to do it on this podcast uh, is because you actually make good money online and but you're also very humble about it and it's cool that you know you can use this money to live a pretty good life with you know you and your wife so it's not just you slumming it around you know out of a backpack you know you're you're living a nice life out here with your wife you know who likes nice things and you guys <laughs> like to you know go to nice places um and you're able to do that you know and basically keep a you know keep a relationship together while traveling while working uh can you expand on that a little bit
1: yeah, So it's very interesting working with your partner. It's if you can do it, it's an amazing thing. I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people can do it. Um, you've got to remember that I think probably the most important thing to remember is that you're not the same people. You go into business thinking that the other person you're doing business with is the same as you. They're going to have the same ideas. That does, that's not the case, right? You're two different people and i think it's really important that we're sort of moving towards this right now is that each of you has something that you control yourself that the other person has very little say in and you become an expert at that and the other person becomes an expert at what they're working on for that for you know that's really helped us lately Jill's focusing a lot more on screw the nine to five she wants to be a marketer in that sense and I want to focus more on setting up these sites or setting up these systems and then eventually moving on e-commerce like you big fella <laughs> and it's really helped us out because I don't I can't go to Jill and, and say I, I think that's a bad idea you shouldn't do that because she's the expert she knows a lot more than I do when it comes to the marketing on screw the nine to five likewise she can't come over to me and say oh that affiliate that niche is probably a bad niche you, sh- you shouldn't go into that I'm like you don't know anything. No, I don't say that to her. you'd <laughs> never say that. To <laughs> but um but it's sort of creating those boundaries for us has really helped. We're still working on the same business together. We're still working together, but we have separate things that we can control.
0: Yeah, but that's awesome that you guys can separate like that. And so let's say a guy's listening to this and he's really technical. He's good at, you know, all the web skills. And let's say he's a bit of an introvert. He used to be a programmer or something. And his girlfriend, you know, is you know, on Pinterest, on Facebook all day, and she's great at that. What are some roles that you know? Let's say she knows nothing about inner marketing. What are some things that you can kind of assign to her in the beginning to get her comfortable with it? Well, I, I, she
1: probably wouldn't even need to. If you're, if you're the guy and you already know all the stuff as far as setting up websites and doing SEO and all the technical things, then you can kind of help each other out here. So you don't know anything about Pinterest and Facebook and social media and whatever. So she can take control of that. She can control all that side of the business. And then you can kind of control all the setting up the websites and, and whatnot. I, so, I, I don't think you would need to even tell your girlfriend or whatever. You wouldn't need to say, hey, you need to learn about SEO because you've really got that under control. So, you just need to explain the basics to them. So, what we are just talking about then, the basics of affiliate marketing, how you make money from it. Like, it, As soon as that other person understands the basics, then they'll know why they're doing what they're doing. Because those kind of skills are amazing I think women are so much better at guys at doing social media and everything's moving towards that so if you can partner up with your girlfriend or wife who's amazing at that stuff you're going to be set in the future for sure
0: well one of one of our friends that we hang out and her name is Jules and she's in PR and you know I was asking her about you know social media and PR and she said you know and she mentioned that maybe five ten years ago PR meant you know getting your your name out of tabloids or out of newspapers. But nowadays, PR literally means social media.
1: (laughs) It's that's crazy, eh? Uh, Well, of course it would. It's the easiest form of PR as well. It's cheap. Um, You can reach more people as well. So yeah, I I guess you're right.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that's a whole industry, you know, so let's say your girlfriend wants to come traveling with you. She's like, living in cold Toronto and thinking, you know what, this sucks. Co-Toronto? Cold <laughs> <laughs> Toronto, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Toronto's lovely. I was actually there a few months ago uh, during the summer. Yeah, during it summer. Was, Yeah, it was beautiful. But yeah. would I want to live there during the winter? P- probably not. No, um, you wouldn't. No, definitely not. No, no. Um, so today we're out here at a, a new, actually I guess it's not that new, it's new to me. Um, it's it's called, new to me as well. Yeah. 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 It's a co-working space. I mean, I know we plug pun Space a lot and you guys probably think I'm... Um, that's my affiliate link, but it's not. <laughs> if anything, it's probably better if less people know about it because then it won't get overcrowded. Uh, but I just, I've just i had such good experiences there that I talk about it a lot. But I'm really happy to say that today we found another co-working space in Chiang Mai. It's called Coffee Monster. And it's not a membership base. It's, it's basically a coffee shop restaurant where you come in and you just order whatever you would get anyways. And you can use their Wi-Fi for free, which is really fast. Uh, great um, desks and spaces. I'll, I'll put, post some pictures on um, on this episode's show notes. Uh, it's episode episode twelve um, with photos of the coworking space. So you can see what's like. We're even in this little meeting room that's designed almost for for filming and uh, podcasting. Um, podcasting, I guess. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, and they're they're still building it. I mean, there's a swimming pool that uh, right now is not complete, but that's gonna be amazing. There's a billiards table. He's a, yeah, oh. it's over there, and I heard they're even gonna open a um, a room for on-site masseuse. Are they really? Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's cool that Chiang Mai is growing and there's gonna be alternatives uh, because Punt Space is getting pretty full. Um, what's cool though is Punt Space is actually opening another location uh, in the old city, in the main, uh, the main city center. Um, I think they said February or March it's gonna open up. So this is a huge hub. Uh, have you have you been out to Vietnam or any other places that? that have the same kind of feeling?
1: I haven't been to anywhere that has the same kind of feeling like Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai, it seems like it was designed for people like us, almost. <laughs> uh, but I've heard Vietnam in, in Ho Chi Minh is, has a similar feel to it. But it do, there's no co-workspaces there, right? The only places I know have co-workspaces are in Ubud, in Bali, and Bangkok, and here. I'm not sure if there's any anywhere else in Southeast Asia.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, uh, I've been to Ubud... Um... A few, I think it's a few years ago for for New Year's, and it's lovely. I like it there a lot. Uh, I would probably wouldn't go to Kuda, which is where all the Australians hang out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, yeah, Indonesia is cool. Um, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, I've wanted to check out Saigon, which. I just found out it's actually the same as Ho Chi Minh City. It is, yeah. I, w- why do they call it the same?
1: Saigon. Wasn't Saigon like the old name for it and the new name is Ho Chi Minh? Okay, I
0: guess it's like Burma and Myanmar where people just kind of refer to it as yeah. the same place. Um, yeah, so I've I, you know, been wanting to check that out. Um, what I've heard is it's a great place, but everyone who's, you know, but it, it's an amazing place for people who haven't been to Chiang Mai yet.
1: Yeah, I, I, I sort of get that feeling as well. Everyone sort of who comes from Ho Chi Minh and comes here, they'll straight away tell you that Chiang Mai is much better.
0: Yeah, so. But in, uh-huh. in saying
1: that, like, uh, I'm sort of getting to a point now, I love it here, but I sort of need a bit more, and you know what, this city is growing every day, so eventually it will reach its point, but when we're in when I was in Bangkok recently, I sort of enjoyed the energy there a lot. It was nice to sort of go there and just and feel like a lot more energy that was going on in the city. Chiang Mai is much, a much more relaxed place. So if you have to go somewhere and sort of get a lot of work done, or if you're just getting started, this is the perfect place to come. There's no distractions, fast internet, and it's really, really affordable.
0: Yeah, I think I've decided where Chiang Mai is going to be kind of my base. But I do want to spend, let's say, like the summers, I think I want to check out Europe or I want to check out South America. Um, but if I actually want to get any work done... I'll probably come back to Chiang Mai. Mm. And it's nice that, you know, I mean, we have a really cool group out here I mean, just the people that we meet—not not just at Pun Space anymore either. I mean, there's there's all these other groups, and turns out there's a whole another group here at Coffee Monster that hangs out and meets here every day that we didn't even know about.
1: Yeah, I just just met a few of them now, like I had no idea they were here. That's what's kind of funny. Like I've met a few people recently who've been here for like two years, and I've been here since April, and I haven't met them. So there's all these other people here who are working online that I didn't even know about.
0: So, out of all the people that you meet online, uh, what are some, you know I guess, business models that you've seen are successful that you know, people are actually making money from? Uh,
1: I really like Anton's method, Anton's dropshipping method, which is what you're doing as well. Uh, for me, like that's a natural evolution. That's what I'm going to move on to next because affiliate marketing or well, dropshipping e-commerce is kind of a step up from affiliate marketing where you start handling the payments and taking bigger profit margins. So, I, I love that model. Uh I do see a lot of benefits in using a podcast to promote a blog that maybe you can go ahead and sell digital products for in the future that tends to work quite well and there's a lot of people who are developing apps right now and this seems to be like a real hot spot in the market. And they're making pretty good cash doing that. So maybe those three for anyone who's wanting to get started.
0: Okay. So if someone get started, what what is like an actionable item that they can they can start doing where, you know, they can get the ball rolling um, instead of just sitting at home for another winter dreaming about it? What is something that people can actually just do right away?
1: The best thing to do is this is what I did. I joined a forum. So I joined a forum that back in the day used to be a good forum. It's a warrior forum. <laughs> <laughs> used to be a good forum right okay way back in the day like there were proper marketers in there who were like actually giving away really good secrets and and whatever but then obviously became crap and now it's just really spammy and and it's all bullshit. but if you can find a forum and generally it's probably going to be more of a private forum because if you're paying money to be in that forum you know there's other people paying money to be in that forum and they're serious about making money online or starting an online business the forum that i'm a part of right now is the dynamite circle and that's run by two guys, Dan and Ian. And I don't use the forum as much as what I should, but just by being in that forum, I've met so many people here who are also in that forum. And it's a really cool way of breaking the ice and talking to them about their businesses and getting ideas. But if I was first getting started, then I would probably be in that forum every day reading through all the content, all the ideas. It's such a good way to ask people questions without, you know, upsetting them and, and, yeah, without taking up too much of their time.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, the the form I'm part of is actually it's it's a paid form as well. It's part of Anton's method. Uh, where anyone that who bought the membership is part of the form. So it's very different than Word form. Word form, I think they actually even they, they charge like five dollars or, or something now. So to me, that's not an actual paid form. That's just. Um, a... I have no idea what Warrior Forum is. I, I I don't recommend it. Uh, it's it's
1: designed to make money, so people sell WSOs, Warrior special offers. They sell Superstar. So the Warrior Forum is designed as a way of selling digital products and just taking advantage of people. So there'd be like a, a newbie will come along to the warrior forum and then they'll see a link. Well, some person will write back and answer their question in the signature, they'll see a link to their WSO, which is just a, a sales copy that that person has set up. And then they'll go and purchase that product and, and make money. Actually, I know of this guy, his whole business model was literally going in the warrior forum. He had people who go in the warrior forum for him and see which which uh, products were selling the best, which digital products were selling the best, he would then pay someone in India to recreate the same product and put it back up on the warrior forum. And he was making something like $100,000 a month. That is insane. So it's literally just a way of making money on
0: there. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people listening to this are thinking, oh, you know, that actually sounds like a great idea to... You know, make a quick buck. They just they just discarded everything we just said, talked about for the last forty minutes and say, okay, that's my new business. So the, one of the downsides of that all right, is I've learned, you know, in life, the only real way to to really at really be successful in life long term is to do a legitimate business that you actually put some effort in. If you're looking for the shortcuts, and you know, in the beginning, it's very natural to want the shortcuts. Uh, you can either spend the next four years looking for shortcuts and having, you know, you know, having making a thousand dollars and then not making anything for five months and making a thousand dollars, and not making anything for five months, or you can just do something legitimate and correctly and have, you know, normal recurring income, uh, every month for maybe you know probably with the rest of your life right
1: yeah i don't i think it's really important to not measure your life based off how much money you make as well but measure it based off how happy you are so if you're selling let's, let's say you move into the to the porn niche you can make a shitload of money in right and you start making that money you're gonna change you you become like a you're gonna grow a mustache like you're going to become like a porn star yourself, right? <laughs> you ain't going to be happy. Well, that sounds like a dream for some guys. It sounds like I'm a dream like for some guys. But it, if that makes you happy, then by all means do that. But think about what what it is that makes you happy first before you think about how much money it's going to make.
0: Yeah, and I've heard uh, this summer where, you know, you have the grandma test as well. You know, before you get to any business, ask yourself, uh, is this something that my grandmother would approve of? And is this something I'd be comfortable talking to my friends and family about? And if it's not, don't get into it. I mean, because it's... it's in the long run, it's going to be stupid and shady and, and you're not going to make, you know, honestly, I, I truly genuinely believe this. If you're promoting products that you're not, you know, you're not proud of talking to your parents about, uh, or your grandma about, you're not going to make money in the long run. I, I guarantee you that because either what's going to happen is Google is going to slap your account and not let you, you know, basically imagine like never being able to advertise or do anything on Google anymore because you're promoting some, something shady. Um, and I mean, they have so much control. I mean, people have no idea but also just, you know, your credibility. I mean, the only the only products I ever recommend on any of my blogs and the podcasts are things that I genuinely believe in, you know, things that I've used myself, you know, books that I've read myself, courses that I've, I've made money from. You'll never see me promoting, you know, some, you know, some like get rich quick thing because in the long, I mean, yeah, like let's say that might work for a week or a month, but I'm in this for the long run, you know, this is stuff that, you know, I, everything I recommend, I recommend to my, my cousins, my sister, my, you know, you know, just my friends and that's gonna stick with me for years to come you know versus trying to promote something that you know you might make a dollar from today but it's not gonna it's not gonna work and people are gonna come back to you
1: absolutely can i just go to the bathroom really quickly yeah well what?
0: let's just wrap this up buddy okay yeah i'm just gonna pee I, I,
1: like a like a
0: racehorse yeah nice. let's,
1: let's wrap this up all right so uh any
0: last words how can people get in touch with you buddy
1: you can get in touch with me, go to screw the nine to five.com. We release like a weekly video now, so you can check those out. And you can check us out on Facebook as well. We've got a link on the website there. And or you can send me an email, Josh at screwthenine to five.com. And yeah, I'm happy to help anyone who's pretty cool out.
0: Yeah, or you can just show up at the coffee shops here and check mine. Yeah, just do that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, guys. So if you guys uh, want uh, access to any of these links or or to the videos or anything, uh, just go to TravelLikeABossPodcast.com and go to the show notes uh, episode 12. Uh, This is with Josh Stanton. And uh, look forward to having you guys on next week. And thanks again to everyone who's left all these cool five-star reviews on iTunes. Uh, It's really been helping spread the word. And a big shout-out to everyone uh, listening. And uh, peace out, right? Peace out. Awesome guys, thanks for getting through another episode Big shout out to Josh, thank you for being on the show If you guys want links to uh, all Everything we talked about Including all the books Josh recommended AntonMethod.com screwthe 9 to uh, All that's on the show notes of episode 12 As well as a uh, bonus video That we're going to put up uh, pretty shortly And Big shout out to uh, Jer Prez for leaving a five star review on iTunes. He says, uh, Thanks for the great new Baller podcast and keep the traveling like a boss, uh, as, as well as Rockstar Life Astronaut. If you've read the four hour work week, this podcast is for you. So uh, keep checking it out. Uh, weekly episodes coming soon. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and check out travellikeabosspodcast.com. Peace out, guys.